Fuck yeah, static. Welcome to an interstitial episode of the Something Something Roller Derby podcast with Hammer Abbey and Alligator. And we thank you for your patience while you have been waiting for this time for us to, uh, you know, get our shit together. Well, you know, we got a couple things going on. We had a tournament, we had home team champs, we had ECDX, we had, oh my gosh, there was a lot of of travel this year. And we kept meaning to get out an episode and talk about some of that travel and some of the issues that have come up and we just have not been able to make it happen. So our sincere apologies, but we are going to work on an actual full episode as soon as uh, Allie here gets back from uh, Kalamazoo this weekend. That, uh, North e- the North American Cup that Kalamazoo headed over there to announce. Uh, so yeah, we will have a full episode for you then, but until then we do have some interview fun times for you to hold you over uh, until you can make it through Kalamazoo. Well, we, we realized we had some interviews in the bank already that we haven't had a chance to put out, and they are wonderful interviews, so we're going to start releasing those probably as little like bonus feature episodes like this one. But, yeah. Allie, who, who are we going to hear from today? We are going to hear from uh, my friend and yours, uh, the one, the only, Val Capone. Woo! Uh, longtime original Windy City Roller uh, skater of all derbies under the sun and the moon. Um, who's currently actually, I think, Trying out for the Bruce City Bruisers now. Mm-hmm. So she's just making the rounds. Rumors have it. It's not rumors, it's on her page. I know, it's true, it's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, enjoy this interview uh, we had with her, or that I had with her back in January. Oh, yeah. uh, was that long ago? It was. Thank you again to the beautiful uh, D. Ruff and Chad for allowing us the use of their wonderful basement. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Welcome to the SS Roller Derby Podcast. We are here north uh, in the great state of Minnesota, and I am joined by the lovely and amazing and talented Val Capone. Why, hello, alligator. Hello. Um, so, Val, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be a little repetitive. What is, what's your roller derby name? What team or teams do you skate with? Uh, and... Give me a little background history about uh, Val Capone and roller derby. Oakley Doakley. Uh, my name is Val Capone. I started my derby career in 2004, spring of 2004, with the um, Windy City Rollers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, skated with them for many, many years. And then in 2012, I got asked to skate under a different rule set, the USA Roller Sports rule set. So I skate also with the Chicago Red Hots. And unfortunately, due to... Uh, you know, my life rules so hard, I have to have mm-hmm. some lousiness to even myself out. So I have a really gnarly case of the Crohn's disease. And due to some life-saving surgery, my doctor said, maybe you shouldn't skate seven days a week. Just a mm. thought. I asked her to watch footage. She actually did. She said, boy, that scald eagle likes to jump over everybody, doesn't she? So I knew she watched <laughs> footage. And uh, so I opted to skate with the rule set where it's more, you're, you're not allowed to stop on the track. So the impact mm-hmm. is different when you absorb a hit, which as yeah. a blocker, I absorb a lot of hits. Um, but I'm still very much in love with the WFTDA and MRDA current rule sets. Um, so I'm just the voice of the Windy City Rollers, one mm-hmm. of the voices, rather. 
And uh, yeah, I started announcing in 2006 by accident because I went to go see the Ohio Roller Girls first game ever. Oh my. And they had all the visiting teams or teams that were forming and they asked a person from each visiting league, uh, like, what do you think about the action? And I, I was like, oh, it's tenacious. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what the heck to say, you know? And uh, then one of the people from a league on the East Coast that I won't mention, like, flipped Tank, one of the announcers for Ohio, onto the table. Like, literally flipped him onto the table. And let's say Tank is not a small <clears throat> man either. I mean, he's called Tank for a reason, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, that league hadn't even ever skated a game yet. Oh, wow. And they were like, when we skate, we're going to beat you up. Mm-hmm. And then flipped him on the table. And it was like, what the hell just happened? So afterwards, we were doing a recap. And I was like, man, you okay? He's like, yeah, we're never letting anybody in the booth again. That was a bad oh, experiment. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's a bummer. I had so much fun, even though I didn't know what I was saying. And they're like, well, actually, we were going to ask you if you wanted to come back. Yeah. And then that kind of is how I started announcing and then I went to the Bruce City Bruisers first ever game, and they asked my opinion, and I said it was great, but that announcer's by himself. That's got to be hard on him. And they were like, yeah, we'd actually like you. So for mm-hmm. four and a half years or so, I was announcing for Bruce City Bruisers. Meanwhile, uh, Bob Noxious and Bam Bam, uh, Ryan Will. Formerly known as. Yeah. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Bam, um, were like, hey, we would love to get a female perspective on the mic mm-hmm. since you go to wisconsin all the time to milwaukee you mind going up to madison and i was like oh my gosh i love madison because i was at your first game ever yes um and i just had a really good time just getting to meet people all over the midwest all over the country really because there was you know about 10 leagues or so at this point in the world yeah early days early days and so yeah i accidentally became an announcer and which worked out really well considering i've had a lot of injuries which now Mm -hmm. we can kind of trace back to my illness that I struggle with because it affects everything top to bottom, connective tissue, everything. Um, So it's that way I never am forced into retirement. You know, I can leave the game when I want to, when I want to hang up my mic. I'm still skating. I still Mm -hmm. skate with the Chicago Red Hots. Um, Yeah, I just called a Windy City Rollers game last night before I hopped on a plane to come here and hang out with you guys and spend my birthday weekend watching wrestling with some of my best friends. Wrestling and roller derby, what's better? Yeah, so, I mean, that's basically my derby career in a nutshell. I also coached men's derby since 2009. Um, I was coaching the Chicago Bruce Brothers and, for a while, the Puget Sound Outcasts. I was really fortunate to be one of the assistant coaches to Team USA at the first Men's World Cup in Mm -hmm. 2014, which we took the gold. (laughs) And uh, speaking of World Cup, Mm -hmm. I'm about to venture across the pond to Manchester, England. Across where, the Atlantic Sea. Yes. Um, where I get to be the head announcer for the Roller Derby World Cup. I'm so excited. Yay. We have like 47 people on our crew from all over the world. Wow. There was a time where there wasn't 47 announcers in yeah. the world. Or there was a time when you're like, is there an announcer over outside of the North America? Because we're real insulated. It's fine. Yeah. It's, not, it's, <laughs> it's not you. It's us. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> us. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, what's next on the horizon. And... I'm shooting to skate for 15 years because mm-hmm. for some reason that sounds like a good number once in my you brain. Once you 10, you're like, because that was my goal too. I was like, I'm going to get to 10. And then once you're at 10, you're like, well, Oh, what? I got this. Well, <laughs> I guess, I mean, okay, I'm here, but what am I? Next yeah. goal. Next goal. Those little achievable goals. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a lot of teammates on the Red Hots that are like, what do you, what do you mean you're only skating this season and next season and that's it? No, mm-hmm. no, no. What do you mean? You've been on the team since it started. I was like, like yeah, but I've been... Wait, so we, we allow 14 and up because mm-hmm. the, um, the current rule set that we skate under would like to be the rule set moving forward towards the Olympics. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that's a hot political topic for a lot of roller derby people. They think it's evil and wrong. And I personally, I'm very excited about the potential of roller derby being in the Olympics. I mean, yeah. last night, Aaron Jackson qualified yeah. for Team USA, uh, the short track, right? Um, a long skate? track. Oh, yeah, long track. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's been on. I was on the wind. She's been on ice skates for like four, four months. months. Yeah, training. that's mind blowing. And she's I was, also, yeah, I was on the Windy City Rollers call last night. We had a uh, home team games, mm-hmm. and I got a message update. So uh, excuse me for being slightly misinformed. But yeah, it's like so amazing to see that Aaron Jackson, who works so hard and is so gifted, and one of the nicest women in roller mm-hmm. derby. Like she's she's so rad. Like yeah. she's just like full of sunshine and awesome. That she gets to in a way, represent our sport yeah. at the Olympics. How cool would that be if our sport could be at the Olympics? Yeah. Regardless of which association or which rule set or what have you, like the fact that roller derby, which was just like a pipe dream and a joke mm-hmm. when it was like, hey, let's do this for fun because we're women and strong and badass. But like also like... To see what it can evolve into. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, it was never a joke to me. It's yeah. always been 100% real to me. Like I grew up in Chicago, which was the original home of original roller derby. Mm-hmm. And since I'm a big dork and a history buff and a sports fanatic, like I knew about yeah. roller derby starting in Chicago. August 13th of 1935 at the Chicago Coliseum. Ooh, and like history. Yeah. Anybody that comes and visits me in Chicago, when they're like, can you give me a tour? I'm like, yeah, I'll give you the quick and easy guided tour of Chicago from Capone. I always take them mm-hmm. to where the Chicago Coliseum used to be. Like, I just took John Maddening, and, you know, he was just in town. He, you were he just, and Shoddy, yeah. Yeah, him and Shoddy were there. I, sorry, I just mentioned him because you just... No, it's all right. A, we were chatting. Just we're did a in bit Minnesota. With right, Minnesota. But, yeah, him and Shoddy came down uh, for real life, but mm-hmm. we just hung out because family. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is super dorky, but I got to take you guys somewhere. And they're yeah. like, where are you taking us? And it's just a bunch of different buildings. But there's a little... Um, <clears throat> memorial or what what have you it says coliseum park and i'm like oh. this is why i have you as a brother and sister yeah is because of this corner mm-hmm. of the globe and so for me it's like i would love to see what we do be as recognized as the real sport we all know that it is mm-hmm. i can't tell you even last night with tsa somebody acting like they're throwing bows, making gestures like that. Like, yeah, you throw elbows and you just wear short shorts and that's what roller derby is. And it's like, no, it's, it's so much more than that. Yeah. And if you throw an elbow, your short shorts, if you're wearing them, should you choose to, will end up in the penalty box. And like, probably suspended. Yeah, <laughs> so suspended. You really do that. Girl, I'm not going to lie. In 2005, I definitely threw some clotheslines because that wasn't illegal yet. But yes. <laughs> truths. But Truth. anyway, yeah, so sorry to get off tangent. No, but, but that's, that is uh, a really awesome thing. And I think something that, that we find divisive in our community um, because of a lot of the politics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be. Yes, there's politics involved with it. And there's a lot of, you know, stuff going on behind the, you know, things and you know the whole argument of the olympics and is it right is it wrong the olympics in and of itself is kind of exactly could be construed as evil Mm -hmm. but it could also be looked at as awesome yeah and empowering so it's there's a lot of dynamics going on but i like i appreciate that about you i feel like uh, love roller derby so much promote roller derby and like the fact that i skate with 14 year olds at Mm -hmm. first it was a little off-putting i'm not gonna lie because like i've been skating this is my 14th season Mm -hmm. and so I legit have a teammate who was one year old when I first started playing roller derby. And when I paired up with this with this uh, woman, this young woman, Lexi, who she calls me mom, she's like, you're my derby mom. You're like my mom. Mm-hmm. And like her actual 
mother yeah. loves that and loves me, and we have a cute little family union. It's pretty rad. We paired up for the first time because I had been out due to uh, – I had to have some surgery on my sinuses. Apparently, I broke my nose three times, and I didn't know. Oh, well. So I finally had to get it corrected, and so I missed about a month and a half of skating. Mm-hmm. So I came back, and she had joined the team in that process or during that time period. And they were like, okay, we have a lot of different in skill levels because mm-hmm. we have people that have been skating for 14 years. We have 14-year-olds, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> but, damn, those – those the juniors have some sick skates on them. That's all I know. Like, yeah. their their and footwork is insane. Their agility is out of control. Anyway, so our our coach, our captain, now coach, uh, Dakota, was like, hey, we need people that have had uh, five games or more experience to pair up with fi- people with five games or less. Okay. So I'm standing around, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of new people here that I don't know because I've been out due to injury and mm-hmm. all that. And this Lexi girl comes up to me. T-Rex Lex was, you know, it's like her full-on derby it's name. great name. She comes up to me because we clicked. We were just like smack talking and just mm-hmm. being silly girls together. And she goes, hey, so like I don't know how long you've been skating, but like I've played five games. So if you want to pair up together, it'd be really awesome. And that was pretty <laughs> much the first interaction that we had as teammates. Yeah. And I was like, this is why I love the youth of today. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, because – She's a much better skater in some aspects than I am for sure. Mm-hmm. But then I get to help craft her, like her skill set is superior in so many ways than yeah. mine. But my mindset, like under my yeah. helmet, is going to be a little bit sharp. Well, even with all my concussions, yeah. but a with the bit. teach that teach that angle of the yeah. derby, that like yeah, skill wise and stuff. But until you sometimes have the experience and the knowledge and to put she that is to so connect good. those dots, and that there's so much you can learn from each other. And like when we skate together, it's it's pretty much like magic. Even mm-hmm. though we've known each other for just about a year, yeah, it's like we've skated well her entire life, yes. <laughs> which is kind of sad. Yes. I mean, there was a game where uh, I had a skater from Fort Wayne. Uh, turn and go to me she's like you know I'm only 15 like as if I'm not supposed to mm-hmm. play as if I would against you yeah and I was like girl I broke my leg when you were one year old and you know how I did it playing roller derby you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna play like an adult I'm gonna treat you like an adult yeah you know that's how you treat your friends and opponents with respect Agreed. is you play hard yeah treat them with respect and like it's not like I went gunning for her no. because she's 15 I went gunning for her because in the rule set that I skate under the pivot can break away and become the score. So it was mm-hmm. my job to make sure that she was never even close to the top of the pack. Yeah. And afterwards, she was like, wow, I have never skated a game with that much intensity. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you so much. Initially, I just thought you were like, you know, some out of shape old woman. And I was like, okay, well, I am both those things. Depending yeah. on how you look at it. <laughs> but also a thank you. Yeah. But <laughs> thank you very much. And she taught me a lot, too. It's like, man, I got to step up my game yeah. if I want to hang with these young bloods that have fresh cartilage in their knees. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what cartilage feels like anymore. <laughs> I know. So that that leads us to a question of that you have been around for a while in derby and you have filled a lot of different roles. What brings you back to roller derby? Why? Because I think the reason people join derby does not stay the same as why they stay in derby or why they come back year after year. It can't be. I think those are the people that that come to derby and then are gone two or three years later. Well, I think people, everybody joins Derby for different reasons, and mm-hmm. that's got to be a given. Everybody's got to understand that. Like, some people are looking for inclusion mm-hmm. and belonging and a family that maybe they don't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are looking for an outlet, a positive way to deal with daily life aggressions, mm-hmm. just being physical, just being strong. Uh, people continuing being athletes from childhood, they kind of don't know where to go. People that didn't get a chance to be athletes can now become one. Yeah. So everybody starts for different reasons. I started because I love sports. I never really got to play 
um, because we couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And I was a kid with asthma. And so, and when I tried to join the wrestling team in high school, I straight up got told, well, you could be our water girl. And I was like, wait, but the guys that are in my weight class. I will, when I we're, will destroy them. No, like <laughs> legit. When we were in the gym after school, if I wasn't in like theater, I was in the gym because mm. that's what I did. They would like pull plates off my leg press. And I know now that everybody's like CrossFit Kool-Aid. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, leg press is not a real, it's like the cheating extra. But when you're a 14 year old female that has no direction in how to be a weightlifter, that's mm -hmm. pretty awesome that dudes were pulling plates off of my yeah. leg press, you know? And so I never got to be an athlete as a kid. And I love Chicago history, and I love sports. And so I watched wrestling every Saturday with my dad, and sometimes roller derby would be after. That's how I fell in love with it. What keeps me coming back is, like, the family, the camaraderie, the competitive edge. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm super competitive. Like, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's in, like, how many plates at the buffet am I going to eat, or, like, bowling, mm -hmm. or trivia, or, you know, just, like, oh, I could guess this song in two seconds, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I just, I'm a competitive person by nature, you know? And the fact that roller derby fulfills so many needs that I have in my daily life, but also gives me like this bizarro extended family all across the globe. That's like the super, super double ultra bonus. Mm -hmm. And that like I get to be like a weird hero of sorts to yeah. like I had a little girl come up to me after a game because she saw me pull out my inhaler. And mm -hmm. I don't usually use my puffer too often because I got my asthma under control. But she straight up like tugged on my uniform skirt and was like excuse me Val Capone and I was like yeah what's up kiddo and she's like you have asthma I was like I do yeah. I usually keep my inhaler in my bra it's not a good spot for it because you could probably get hurt or it could yeah. come out on the track so don't do that if you ever play sports she's like I'm not allowed to play sports because I have asthma Ooh, yeah and I was like well why don't you talk to your mom and your dad or you know whoever and see if you can't talk to your doctor about working on a program that can help you play mm -hmm. sports I started with swimming, mm. and that's how I was able to control my asthma and my breathing techniques and stuff. Yeah. And now I get to play roller, roller derby and skate real fast and hit people real hard. She's like, I want to do both those things. Mm. And I was just like, man, that's the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah, to have that identity, like that, those the people, children, whatever, they can yeah. identify and see those heroes or see those, mm -hmm. see themselves in those people on the track. And it's like the coolest feeling. Yeah. I wish I'm like, that's one of those things that I see my niece playing roller derby or, you know, other kids. And I'm like, oh my God, I wish this was around when I was a kid. Like how amazing would that have been? But also how thankful am I that it is around now? Well, yeah. And that, that we can bring that and be that, that person that has impact. Yeah. And it's not just about being a pretty face or having a tight butt or mm -hmm. like a nice rack. Yeah. You know, it's about. And you can do all those things yeah, too. Yeah, you could do all those things. But... There's nothing wrong with that. You could be drop dead gorgeous or a dog face gremlin and you're still beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. As long as you do what makes you happy and you treat people with respect. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't mean to sound harsh and say it. it's not about looks. But back in the day, female sports, I mean, there's not very many female sports that I can think of that are like full contact. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, people would ask me, like, are you going to play softball? Now, in Chicago, softball is, like, a religion. Yeah. Oh, like, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Like, as soon as the snow melts and all the way until the fields freeze too yeah. much, like, there's still people that play softball at this point of the year, mm -hmm. and it's, like, negative, negative Oof. right now. Yeah. But, you I know, there, there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, I always got told, like, well, I could join softball or maybe lacrosse, but I, you know, I'm like a poor white trash kid. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't the afford. The gear and the yeah. time. And where does that play? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. 
So that's why I just turned to weightlifting and going to punk rock shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trained. You were training before you did. Yeah, man. I was in the pit for. trying to get through the pack. <laughs> <laughs> Those jammer skills and blocker skills come in handy there. But, like, so. and that's the thing, you know, and, you know, I talk about my dad all the time because he's, like, my favorite human being alive. And he, like, never made it weird that I was a girl. He always mm-hmm. made it cool. And, like, my grandmother, same thing, R.I.P., she always made sure that I had my crystal castle mm-hmm. full of all the She-Ra figures right next to my castle Grayskull full of all my He-Man figures. Like, yeah. They never differentiated. They never made me wear pink, but they never said, don't wear pink. Yeah. You know? And you want to wear sparkles? That's fine. Yeah. My you dad's know. like, I, I love that you can like bench press your body weight, but you have more glitter than any person I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. he works at like music venues. Yeah. So he sees a lot of glitter. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's not just making a random statement. Yeah, Man you know, has some back and like, <laughs> and like I've talked about it in the past, and we spoke about it earlier. Like my dad will always say, "Oh, when are you gonna have kids so I could have a linebacker?" Because mm-hmm. he has two daughters. And then at my first game, you know, my team lost, and but I had a good game. You know, I went to the penalty box probably a little too much, but sometimes it's worth it. Whatever. It was also <laughs> two thousand four, two thousand five era it's derby, true. so penalty box was kind of like props. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um. And he was like, I finally have my linebacker. Like, he's just yeah. proud, you know? So getting to be a female in a strong sport, it's, it's like, the best blessing on the, pl- on the planet. But that being said, getting to help the men evolve and having it be, like, an equal playing field is mm-hmm. even better. Yeah. Like, coaching men's derby is one of my favorite things on the planet. Because I understand where a lot of women come from, like – with the mentality of it's our game, it's our game. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad anymore, but it was. It back isn't, in the but day. I think there's still a there's a dynamic of of protecting a space that people have for a lot sure. of ownership over, or yeah. that the feels like that that is one of the first places that people feel safe, or that they they really have autonomy, and and it's a hard balance and challenging balance to figure that out of like saying yes, we are going to support you in this, but also. Don't these people also deserve to right. play this sport that we love so much and that who are we to say that you can't do this? And my you know? biggest thing was always, and it still is, and even still I hear now and again like, oh, I won't I won't announce men's derby. Mm-hmm. I won't call men's derby. I don't like to watch men's derby. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, at the end of the day, it's roller derby. Yeah. If like, you don't like the sport of roller derby, then that's one that's thing. That's different. And if you're in it for something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But to be kind of poo-pooing because you're out like, I also, I also kind of, there's like the, you know, like me being a feminist equalist, mm-hmm. like there's definitely the fact that like it should be everybody's sport. It's yeah. roller derby. But there's a teeny little smidge of me that does the Arsenio Hall fist pump mm-hmm. because it's called roller derby and men's roller derby mm-hmm. as opposed to soccer and women's soccer. Yes. Or, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got this from us. You the NBA and the WNBA. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, well, it's kind of cool that they regard it as a female sport, even though it was truly one of the first sports that was co-ed yeah. In from Jump of- Street. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I really have a, I have a seriously hard time with anybody that would ever say that they don't support men's derby because it's men playing. Yeah. I don't understand that concept. It, I, I get I get where it comes from, but I'm also like, as a female athlete that's told that I couldn't possibly be an athlete because mm-hmm. I'm a female, why would you ever turn that negative aggression yeah. against the guys like that? Yeah. And that they, necess- like, of all the people, usually the folks playing MRDA or men's derby, co-ed derby, are not the enemy. Let's no. just be clear. And you know what? Here's like, the thing. There's that's like, not the patriarchy that you should be raging against. For sure. They're the ones that are most likely, knock on wood, the ones that are going to be helping support you in that. Yeah. Or supporting us all There are coaches. That. There are yes. track crew. There are officials. There, there are, are announcers. SOs, whatever. You know. Yeah. They're the SOs. Like, they're the people that buy our t-shirts. Mm-hmm. They're the people that come and buy the raffle tickets at fundraisers. Yeah. 
Well, and it's again, it's it kind of goes back to the uh, what kind of a feminist are you? Are you the feminist right. that that we move forward by holding all of us up or supporting all right. of us or by putting other people down because that's not the it yes, <coughs> excuse me cis white dudes we all have issues oh but, yeah but that's not the way for us all to move forward I think it's and like, to evolve i think it's because i came up in like a dirty punk rocker background because mm-hmm. like both my parents worked in music mm-hmm. so i grew up on a tour bus where it was like my dad was seven feet tall and the dude that watched all the roadie brats was a little person yeah like he was shorter than me and i was like five years old mm-hmm. you know what I mean like so I never looked at it like uh you know and there was like black white Hispanic Asian Hindu gay straight tattooed yeah. no tattoos punk rocker businessman looking dude mm-hmm. you know like I never thought of it as like and us versus them no sort of thing, never yeah. I look at it like how can we yes be stronger together and so I mean I don't know if it's because I come from the DIY punk rock mentality even though I'm a total jock douchebag all right um <laughs> we we take them all yeah 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 <laughs> But I just feel like, like, let's lift each other up and let's yeah. not get catty. And yes, be protective of what you hold dear, but don't do it at the hindrance of others also mm-hmm. excelling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like all of that. Thanks. Um, so I will say thank you mm. at this point as well, because Val, uh, you were one of the people that really encouraged me early on in my announcing career. High five. Um that it was a good high five. Yeah, it was. I hope we didn't blow out the uh, yeah. Sorry, the audio. Sorry, sorry, dudes. <laughs> sorry, dudes. Sorry, not sorry. Um, but I remember having some really great conversations with you early on in my skating and talking days, um, and that you and Bam were some of the earlier people to say like, "Hey, like if you have interest in this, you can." And that were yeah. really great about um, about instilling in me the focus of and the job of an announcer that like you are there in the service of the game and the service of the fans and you know that's what you're there for you're there to educate and you're there for these things and that's not uh, about you no it should never be about you it should be about the sport that you represent yeah and the community that you represent because every single time I have a microphone in my hand or in front of me like it's not just about Val Capone. It's not mm-hmm. the Val Capone co- show. Contrary to some people's popular belief, it's not what I think I'm there for. Yeah, I'm there to excel our sport and propel our sport, hopefully to the next level in a way that will educate. Like I always say, I want to turn like the uneducated consumer mm-hmm. into like the dedicated fan. Yeah, and like every year since 2009 at RollerCon, which is the greatest week of the year, blah 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 blah, in roller derby, um. For the last 10 years, this will be my 10th year, I've headed up the announcing department. Yeah. Ivana, you made a mistake. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, lady. Um, and I always teach immediately, like, of course, it depends on your audience. Because mm-hmm. at tournaments, like, 90%, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, are educated consumers. Yes. The rest are family and friends and have no clue. And some people are just like, oh, people hitting each other. Mm-hmm. But I always say it should be education, information, then entertainment because yes. the game itself is so entertaining and so exciting you don't really need to have and this is coming from Val Capone mm-hmm. you don't need to have all the bad jokes and all the puns and just trying to be a ha cha 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 you yeah. don't have to do that as an announcer like as a commentator as somebody that represents a sport you need to explain what's going on you need to you know educate people on why that rule set or why that strategy was applicable or not applicable yep. like why so and so is taking this versus that you don't need to just sit there and make jokes about the players' names yeah. or about the beer you're drinking or about, yes, give a shout-out to the DJ because they're offering up a service in the name of the greater good of the sport. But, like, it doesn't have to be. I love Katy Perry. I fucking love Katy Perry more than I don't. Yeah. 
But you know what? Not every single thing needs to be in reference to Katy Perry songs. Yes. Like, it's not. Unless yeah. it's a Katy Perry bout. And if it is, please sign me up. True. At RollerCon Challenge Bout. Just Boom. throwing it out there. Katy Boom. Perry versus. Used to be Ooh. bad, love. Versus Tay-Tay. Yeah. Katy, my lady. God, uh, I love them both. Can I get a shirt that says both these guys? Both these. Both these broads. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I was going with that. But. Uh, yeah. Oh, about announcing and yeah. how it's not. It shouldn't be about the voice on the mic. It should be about. The, yeah. you know the, but I think the sounds that, on the track but the thing about that too is that that is how you like that's how you educate people is right. you you identify mm-hmm. with them and you bring them into the conversation again you allow them to identify with you yeah. and you know personalize it uh, rather than sometimes doing those sponsor reads and so like yeah this, they get pretty stale yeah and you know what you know what sucks is when you're watching a tournament at home and like <laughs> yesterday I took my flight and I legit was reciting the speech along with the flight attendants about safety. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, you know, not like a plug, but I almost always fly Southwest. Pro tip, derby people, Southwest Airlines, deal with the cattle boarding. It's really not that bad. Two free check bags. Worth it. That means you get to bring your skates on board and you can check all your other crap. Mm-hmm. All right. Plug, plug over. But like, Save $50. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> I was like reciting their jokes along with them because I'm on Southwest so often. I fly mm-hmm. every two to three weeks. Yeah. It's like when you can recite a flight attendant's spiel, you spend a lot of time there. You've heard the same thing over and over. And while it's witty and funny sometimes, that first time you get that copy read, it gets boring. That's when yeah. people tune out. And you know what sponsors don't want? The people that pay the bills for us to have the game. They don't want people tuning out. Yeah. So they want them to keep tuning in and be engaged with the sport. And then along the way, they'll see their ad or they'll see them and they'll go, oh, I should check them out. Yeah. You know, if I notice that like Jackie Daniels is wearing a specific new wheel, then I'll talk about that wheel. Mm -hmm. Or like if, if, uh, you know, if I know that so-and-so is a sponsor and I've worn their stuff before and I found it to be enjoyable or I've drinking from their bottle or I've been to their restaurant or yeah. I've, it's my favorite pizza joint or whatever, then, you know, you kind of relate it back to you. Hopefully, hopefully it'll also make the people, the viewers at home and their listeners at home enjoy it as well. Because, I mean, there's nothing worse than acting like you're reading a telephone book. Yeah. Like, and you boring. can tell. You're like, and, you know, for the hundredth time. Yeah, like you're dialing it in. Don't you hate it? And <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Actually, I hate it when you open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I feel like people back home are saying, you know? But, yeah. And I think it's, it's an interesting kind of dynamic uh, that we have to deal with as announcers or on yeah. the team other. Uh, oh, yeah. That we, that's like my that gospel. We, that we deal with is... Uh, as the focus has kind of changed from four skater by skater to now four derby by derby, which, which it should be, always exactly, always and I think it, it's, and I get where it started from. I totally yeah. get because if it wasn't for the skaters initially mm-hmm. to involve the SOs and the neighbors and the coworkers and the this and yeah. that, it really was for for the skater of the skater by the skater. Yeah, originally, yeah, you know, or flip those or reverse it, what have you. But like, it's evolved so much that it's not just, like I hate. With a passion, like almost almost as much as I hate Journey, which is like my biggest hatred of all That's history. A lot. It's a fucking lot. I really hate it when people say, thank you, refs. Not because I don't appreciate the referees, mm-hmm. because I sure as shit do, no matter yeah. how much I get sent to the box or my teammates do or my dudes yeah. on the coaching do. What about the person holding the clipboard? Mm-hmm. What about the jam timer that lets you know when to go? Like, yeah. Officials. Officials it's is not the thing. Refs. No, because refs <clears throat> are the on skates officials. Correct. Uh, off skates officials, NSOs. It's all officials. It's yeah, people it should on be, the dais. It should be people. OSOs and mm-hmm. NSOs, you know, but I get why people call them referees because that's yeah. a preferred nomenclature for other officials and other yeah. sports. But 
It's so you you said team other, and it's one of the things that like not to get all Kardashian Bible about it, but like it's like one of my super super mm-hmm. ingrained in my DNA at this point, and it's something that <clears throat> I try to teach at RollerCon and kind of spread the sickness in Derby Nation. Is so there's you know there's always the two teams that play each other on the track, right? Or depending on how many in a tournament, etc. Yeah. But really, the two teams in roller derby are the skaters and everybody else mm-hmm. that makes it happen. Yeah. So it's the officials. Yep. It's the announcers. It's the medics. It's the track crew. It's the photogs. It's the fans. It's the mascots. It's the MCs. It's it's the oh, production. It's, it's yeah. so many people that it's so yeah. And it, like I feel like uh, one of the things that can really ruin a good thing is like divisiveness mm-hmm. like people being like this is mine this is yours nah, nah, nah. how about this is ours yes let's like, build this we're, we are so fortunate that we get to build this culture together mm-hmm. and people can sit there and talk about oh you've been doing it a long time which i mean i guess i have yes I, but also you've been doing it a long time you have a fuck ton of experience by doing it a long which time. that very well may be but like they're still changing the rules mm-hmm. of football yeah and you know when my beloved chicago bears started you know what i mean yeah like Come on, they didn't become the Bears until 1921 because they were the Decatur Staleys. Anyway, other sports, sorry. History. Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so, like, I really, really preach the gospel of Team Other because I feel like there needs to be that instant respect. And I know a lot of announcers in the past, and maybe some currently, have maybe burned those bridges in the way that some officials have to skaters. Mm -hmm. Like, some announcers, like, decide it's about them rather than about us. Mm -hmm. And some people get, like, that drunken car salesman or, like, old Uncle Larry at the wedding, you know. Yeah. And they're like, waka waka. Like, Fozzie Bear is like one of my favorite Muppets ever, but he's not an announcer for a reason. Exactly. It's Mainly because he's announcer, a puppet. But... Not a good comedian. Right. He's, uh, a, great, he's a great drunk uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he's so funny. Yeah. But uh, point being is like, we work together. Like, mm-hmm. officials and announcers need to be the best of friends. Yeah. And like, Mr. Rock and myself, and uh, like, I suggested it one year at a roller con. I was like, can we do like a clinic, a seminar about why it's crucial that we work on the same team, on the same page, mm-hmm. as opposed against each other? Yeah, and because we're on opposing, or just additional teams. You're like, right. yes, but no. No, we're actually together. Yeah. And like, Rock was all over it, and like, AK40 Ounce and I have done stuff, and he's also a commentator. Truth. So he's an official commentator. He's an official commentator. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, 90 Ounce, you know, we used to do stuff. Like, uh, I mean, it's just... It's just crucial for um, announcers and officials to work together yeah. rather than opposing. And even if you just remotely have that mindset of like, oh, God, Val Capone's voice makes me want to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe ease off the throttle a little bit. Nobody's playing Journey. You're mm-hmm. fine. Um, like, let's work together and mm-hmm. try to make things better. If it's something as simple as communicating hand signals or points or allowing an announcer to attend officiating meetings Mm -hmm. just you don't have to have all of us because sometimes we talk a lot true you know i I feel you i'm I'm hearing you (laughs) but like have it had announcer have one person that specifically is allowed or just nominate somebody to attend your officiating meetings have somebody that's allowed to enter you know that that when there's an official timeout or an official review allow somebody whether it be an announcer or or the liaison or uh official alternate yeah like those are my best (sighs) Yes. All, all of you alternate officials, you have no idea how important you are. We are you are heroes. I, can, I will do push-ups with you on my back. Like, I love you so much. Like, just for future reference, if you ever feel like, gosh, I didn't make it. I didn't make the cut. No, dude. Yeah. You are so fucking crucial to 
us being able to do our job, yeah. not just to sound good, but to do our job. And I think that's that's similar to the the dynamic of the producer role in right. announcing. That people also are like, I'm, crucial. Exactly. I'm not on the mic. <clears throat> I'm not getting the glory. It's not about that. It's about the call and about the this. But uh, also, dude. they do so much work. And um, you're talking before. It's like, I would almost rather produce sometimes. Yeah, man. Because it's fun. Dude, I used to track officially unofficial stats. And I have so much chicken scratch that nobody could ever understand. I have, like, smiley faces and stars and hash marks. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes numbers, sometimes names, depending mm-hmm. on how well I know the teams and all that. Like... I love that role of the producer. Like, I love doing it. And you know what makes me crazy? Like, especially when I have to be, like, THA or te- uh, tournament, know, tournament head, head announcer no, or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, head announcer at RollerCon. Yep. It, like, makes me crazy. Crazy. That people are like, well, I only want to do broadcast. I only want to be on the mic. Yeah. Well. And it's like, you know, it's that's really not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about the... It's not even about your specific skill set sometimes. It's about who else can I pair with you that's going to showcase the two teams that are about to play in the best possible light. Yeah. And who is going to be the most analytical, who's going to be engaging to the audience, entertaining, of course, and who's going to inform them the best, who's going to teach them the best. Yeah. Whether it be on a Derby 101 level or grad school level Mm -hmm. of, like, extreme Derby fans. Like, who is the best pairing or triple set that's going to work out the best? And who's going to be right by the sponsors? Yeah. You know, and it's... There's a lot of skills and a lot of things to take into account to balance all that out. And it's not just a, well, I I call color. I don't do play oh, by That makes me insane. And I don't do producing. Check all this. I do is this. Oh, well, you're going to be hard to work with. If you were a captain, mm-hmm. would you roster the person that says, no, I don't want to jam? Or would you roster the person that maybe isn't a jammer, but it's like, you know, if you need me to do it, I'll do it. It's kind of going to be sad and funny, but I mean, I'll try it. Yeah. That's the person I'm going to roster. Yeah, because you know that they're going to throw themselves into it and try the best they can. Like, straight up to any, like, aspiring announcers out there or anybody that wants to be a commentator that, like, is like, where can I find my place in Derby once I hang up my skates or my whistle or my clipboard or whatever? That's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Be flexible. Be willing to try anything. I mean, shoot. Worst case scenario, it's... It's a little bit. Sometimes it's a mess, anyway. Yeah, I'm sometimes just say it's awkward that. no matter and what. And it's not going to necessarily be because it was your first time, whatever. But like, no, whatever. And, and but you know what? If it is, like, write it off. There's so many other bouts and so many other games ahead of you, and that that you have that first game. Try now. try different skill sets. Try different rule sets. Mm-hmm. I dare you. I dare every single person that's listening. Hopefully, people haven't turned us off by now. Um, to like try a new rule set. Mm-hmm. Go work with the MRDA. Go work with USARS. Go work with, like... Bank track. Bank track. Hell like, yeah. Wrapping your brain around some of Go that. Go work with MADE. Yeah. Like, there's so many rule sets available to us. And think about that. Like, if you're able to wrap your brain around that and to try a different rule set and understand it, think about how much better of a skater that's going to make you... Exactly. ...and ideas that you can bring back to and your, I'm, your game of choice. I'm, like, super that pro WFTDA. Yeah. Like, my surgeon who saved my life said you shouldn't play this style of derby because it's a bad impact for your specific condition. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's bad for everybody. It yeah. means it isn't right for me personally at this point in my timeline. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it can't change. It just means right now it's not good. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because the coach of my home team in Chicago last night, I was like, so you know, thinking about next season, like, what are you guys looking to do? And he's like, so, uh, are you planning on skating next season? Because we're planning on having you on the track. I was like, oh, I wish I could. Yeah. But I can't. But, uh, um, Derby peer pressure never ooh, stops. I know, never but I, I do appreciate the love. But anyway, it's like, try something that's going to challenge you. And like, I am like huge diehard 
not just because it's my favorite movie of all time, but <laughs> Die Hard WFCDA since day one. Like, legit, I was at the ULC meeting typing notes, yelling at people to give me their league and their name when the t- first 22 leagues in the world decided to become the WFCDA. In Chicago, I believe, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was right down the street from my house. And I threw a karaoke party, and it was fabulous. Yes. Um, but, like, so I super strongly support, and I'm so proud to be a WFCDA member since the very beginning. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't try other things. That yeah. doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean anybody's trying to cash in on what we've done. It means there's a lot of room for skating. Try it. Yeah. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't shank on somebody that has like a roller derby business. How are you gonna hate on somebody at the next level that's like, hey, I'm interested in your sport. Let's see what we can do. Like yeah. just open your minds a little bit more and realize like, you know, people always talk about keep your head on a swivel. Same thing. Like, try different things, look out for new stuff, be aware as to what's going on around you, because sometimes it might be sketchy. Not everybody is as happy and rainbows as you and I are, Allie, but, truth. you know, truth. I'm so blessed that this crazy culture of ours has given me this uh, family across the world. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited. I'm at the World Cup. I'm going to be staying with friends of mine from the UK, friends of mine from Ireland. Like, it's just, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. But, you know, one of the other things that's really cool is, um, and I've touched on it a couple times, having a chronic illness, especially an an invisible illness. Mm -hmm. Like, when I had my face surgery and I wore my face shield, people were like, whoa, dude. They don't see me every day when I have to go shred a bathroom, Mm -hmm. like, not exaggerating 12 times a day. You know, today I'm feeling pretty good. I've only gone three times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even, like... It's not even sundown yet. (laughs) I know. I'm so proud of my guts. But, you know, it's like... With without this like support system, I don't know where I would be. Like Robin Graves and the people at Blood and Thunder magazine, like phenomenal. The fact that they made those T-shirts to help me pay my medical bills. Yeah. I said I hate Val Capone's guts, and it's so funny how many people are like, <laughs> like when I wear you it, when it. I wear it, yeah, and I get dirty looks from people. Like, do you even know her? And I'm like, do you even know her? I am her. Or like when people at RollerCon, like <laughs> Candy Corn, who's one of my like sister brothers from another mother's, you yeah. know. Um, she wears one and like people give her dirty looks and she's like but I love her face like she's one of my good you friends you don't even know no exactly yeah. but it's you know it's like finding this community of uh, like we briefly briefly mentioned of spoonies like mm-hmm. the spoon theory for people that have invisible illness incurable illness yeah um, just knowing that you know, I mean, you recently joined the fold. I did. Yeah, which did. sorry but also welcome. Sorry not sorry. Yeah, it's sorry not life. sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's like I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2008, so I was mm-hmm. 29 years old, and I was like, I'm a what now? Yeah. They thought it was colon cancer. It turned out it wasn't. I mean, thank awesome. Fingers, yeah. thumbs up. Yeah, like, knock on wood, but also, I'm a, what's Crohn's? Yeah. Like, that was the first thing I thought of, was like, what's Crohn's disease? Because mm-hmm. that's how it looks when you see it in mm-hmm. writing. Is that a Star Trek reference? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, Star Wars for life, bro. Yeah. But, you know, but I that's, mean. That's an interesting thing, and well, I... I'm hoping that we can have more discussions in the future with other interviews with folks. Um, but the dynamic <coughs> and the challenge of playing a contact sport and a contact sport in a culture where women are not very empowered in their bodies and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves internally yeah, and each other sure. unsaid pressures. And, and unintentional. Very much so. You don't so. even realize it. Very much so. Um, like, how has that been to deal with, and how has that been in your experience? I think that you've had some ups and downs with it. Yeah. Um, in in skating and managing your own health within kind of the scheme of roller derby. Well, it's hard. You know, I definitely overhear people say I'm lazy and things mm-hmm. like that, and I'm like, 
you don't even know if you only knew yeah but you know then i have people like you that like have my back and like talk me off the ledge and like um girl friday okay now i'm getting emotional uh girl friday in particular she's like deb Mm -hmm. she's like one of the people that started team spoonie and it's like super crucial because we have like this awesome network of people so that we know that we're not alone and uh you know if you have to struggle you can turn to somebody and kind of either bitch about it or be like i only shit three times today and you could be like celebration time yeah 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 like there was a point a couple years ago because i couldn't skate with team spoonie last year um at RollerCon. but there's a point a couple years ago where we were losing, we were playing fuck cancer. Yep. And we thought it was cancer survivors, not people that are so, touched by cancer. Yes. So we thought we were playing other people that have yeah. overcome physical odds. Yeah. And and it's totally cool yeah. that it was people that had lost members of the family mm-hmm. or had people currently fighting. Like, that's beautiful. Yes. Like, that's one of the things I love about roller derby is that we use our powers for good and not yeah. evil, usually. Usually. And to kind of come together and celebrate but our challenges. here we are. All these invisible illnesses, like Hashimoto's and narcolepsy mm-hmm. and lupus and, you know, Crohn's and colitis yeah. and yeah. panic attacks and, mm-hmm. you know, an invisible illness. Is, here's the thing, too. Especially with mental illness, it gets such a negative stigma and it makes me really upset. Because while I don't struggle with that per se, like I do mm-hmm. struggle with anxiety because of the Crohn's and stuff, but I don't struggle with much else in that realm. Mm-hmm. But like watching people feel like they're nothing just because they do, like yeah. screw that. Like mm-hmm. it's just a different part of your body. It's like, would you not be cool to me because I use an inhaler once in a while for asthma? Mm-hmm. Why would I not be cool with you because you battle depression or mania or OCD or any of these things? Like, yeah, just be upfront, be honest, work on yourself as best you can. And hopefully you get support from others. So we're like, fuck, we're being destroyed by fuck cancer. And, you know, we don't want to be like, boo, screw you, fuck yeah. cancer. Because we're like, ah, we hate cancer too. Yeah. And we, almost all of us either have danced with it or mm-hmm. have family members that or friends. And so we're like, man, I wish we would have known that we were playing against people that were like totally able-bodied, no, yeah, no it's, issues. It's challenging to find jammers up for the spoonies. Let's Girl, just yeah. be honest. Let's be real. <laughs> so there was one point where we were losing really bad, and I just looked around and I go, hey, anybody else shit blood? <laughs> Everybody that's going on on the floor, let's go. Anybody that shits blood, let's go. Let's make a shit and blood pack. Yeah, so it was us and Girl Friday. And it was all the cronies or colitis kids that were, like, out on the track. And we were like, we don't give a fuck if we win or lose because, you know what? Like, making poop jokes on yeah, the track. making poop jokes on the track. Like, huh, watch out for that. You don't want to slip in that. You know? And it's just, like, it's really cool to get to be a part of Team Smoonie. Like, um, Lady Scratch is our, our bench manager. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, you'd be amazed at, like, what it is that actually people deal with on the daily. Mm-hmm. Like, you think there's, like, this, like, I'm kind of... Like, super outgoing and mm-hmm. vociferous, you know? And, like, I try to be genuinely friendly to everybody I meet, you know? And so people would never know that, like... You're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. Except for they would know because I'm very vocal about yes. it. Yes. Because I feel like I have no shame, let's be honest. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I got in a car wreck at age 16. I was hit by a semi and told I was not going to live. I was not going to walk. Oh, well, now you're going to walk, but you're never going to walk normally. And instead I was like... You know, GFY, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk normally. And since I got hit by a semi, now I'm going to hit people like a semi. And everything's going to be good. And it's kind of like that Kanye West syndrome. You know, like once you get wrapped around a light pole, you're like, I'm invincible. Nobody mm-hmm. can really hurt me. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've lived my life ever since my car wreck when I got hit by a semi. 
So I don't really have shame or embarrassment. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. When the bears lose really bad, it's very embarrassing. But other than that, I don't really, I just go, meh, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm able to walk today. Life is good. Yeah. I have a nine inch scar on my stomach that says I'm a champion. I don't need a yeah. gold medal or a trophy, although those are nice too. Yeah. Like so. the, it's a, it's, it's hard because, you know, again, I was saying the, the dynamic and dirty, you know, being, a, I would say primarily femme or women identified starting sport, you know, mm-hmm. that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves internally yeah. and that we are, have a challenging relationship, uh, with, just regular, normal, I would yeah. say normal knock on wood injuries, ACLs, turning ankles. Oh, I fell on my tailbone oh, and I really want to skate. Can I tell you the best thing I ever did yeah. was listen to my surgeon. Mm-hmm. As much as it broke my heart to say goodbye to skating yeah. for the Windy City Rollers, I enjoy my life so much better when I gave myself the time to physically recover. Yeah, And it's not like, you know, I mean, I like in Chicago anyway, I like famously skated on a broken foot and didn't care. And like, I had a broken wrist and just put Mm -hmm. the best wrist guard you could have, man. You're not going to break it again. You got a fucking cast on. Yeah. But like taking time off to recover from the nagging injuries, there is no shame in that game. And in fact, part of the reason why I'm still skating and maybe some of my adversaries or some of my wonderful teammates are not is because they didn't allow their body to recover. Yeah. And does it suck to be passed up for the all-star team? Sure. But you know what? Skipping one season on All-Stars gives you another one season to skate. Yeah. Taking three months off gives you three more years to skate or whatever. Taking a day or two off because you have a cold, A, you're not going to get everybody sick. B, you're not going to play half-assed and maybe Mm -hmm. get injured. And C, as far as I know, nobody gets paid to play. Yeah. Like, you need to think about yourself first and foremost. Like, I need to think about, like, Val Fonts as a beer vendor Mm -hmm. before I can be Val Capone as a blocker and a defender and this Yeah. Yeah. And like, despite having a chronic illness, just being a human being. Yeah. You know, like you have to make sure like, you know, I kind of wish I would have had that knee surgery they told me to have in my first season. Mm -hmm. I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus in my right leg and I just rehabbed it and I skated on it and I taped it and I still have problems to this day. Yeah. I've had two surgeries on my left knee, one for a partial meniscal tear and one for a complete meniscal tear and a chip bone fragment. And my left knee never bothers me. I'm so damn strong. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have done it, but a 25-year-old me was like, but then I have to take nine months off a of roller derby. Mm-hmm. And it's this thing that I find so intoxicating, and it feels like yeah. I am I am 100% myself. And I, yeah. you know, it's wonderful. But I think, yeah, taking that space and saying, like, derby will always be there. I mean, it but, can be. Yeah. But here's I mean, the thing, though. Derby, though, will always be there. Well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. can you be involved with it and that derby isn't there to serve you like you need to serve yourself right for and sure that, and that then you can participate in whatever ways you can hopefully participate but but I think people ask too much of roller derby I think sometimes I really to... love the concept of an off season mm-hmm. like <clears throat> so and this is not in any way to disparage Windy City or WFCDA please understand that the thing that I love and the reason why after talking to my doctor for hours mm-hmm. and emails and months of like leading up to knowing that I was having this surgery that I love about her is she was like, this is a style of gameplay that does not compute for your body any longer. You also don't really get an off season when you play travel yeah. teams and home teams. And it's hard to do both those at the same time. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love about the Chicago Red Hots, other than the fact that we are 14 and up and it's great to help lead the next generation alongside me Mm -hmm. and also have these junior school my ass is that 
the owners of the team, the structure of the team has decided after USARS Nationals, <clears throat> pardon me, which is in July, we don't come back until October, end of October, beginning of November. We take mm-hmm. uh, that week off or a couple days off for Thanksgiving, and we take, uh, I think, two weeks off for December. I personally took extended leave because I had to because of my health issues. Yeah. Uh, my body was not playing well because holiday and food season for crony. Whoops. Aww. So I just I just came back personally. But I've been going to the gym every day. I just haven't been yeah. attending practice because I don't you I don't want to do that to my teammates. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, having an off season yeah. is spec fucking tacular. Mm-hmm. I hadn't taken any time off from roller derby, with the exception of injuries mm-hmm. or my life saving surgery. Yeah. That is fucked up. Yeah. And that is so f that we do that to ourselves like stop putting that pressure on yourselves guys and gals and everybody in between like stop it mm-hmm. like do you want to play for a long time take the time off yeah. do you want to do this thing that you like, find rewarding are yeah. you using all your personal days just to travel for roller derby something's wrong there mm-hmm. you need to take time off for you like i love wrestling so mm-hmm. much that's why i'm here in minnesota because i decided to come up for wrestlepalooza to hang with you and you know <laughs> and so like i take time off for me to go do wrestling stuff yeah. or i wanted to see Katy perry in a bunch of different cities so i bought tickets that my friends live in those cities and i went and saw her mm-hmm. i go to disney world i go to disneyland i just take a day or two off and go to a bears game or i just sit at home with my cute little dog yippee ki mm-hmm. that's actually her name but she also is a motherfucker but, um, <clears throat> like, take the time off that you need to be the best you that you can be. And if that means l- allowing your body to rest after, like, a heavy leg day, bro, mm-hmm. or, like, do yoga or don't. Just yeah. lay in a dark room and watch Law and Order or yeah. whatever you want to do. Like, recovery is a crucial and essential part of being an athlete. Yeah. But because we are so competitive and because we do have the weight of the derby world on our shoulders, because we not only are the athletes, but we're also the administrators of uh, administrators of the organization. Mm-hmm. We take so much pressure on ourselves. Like take a day off. Yeah. Nothing's going to end. Yeah. Or make a, like, honestly, when I first started derby, one of the things I was very thankful for was that I made a certain day of the week. It was Mondays, uh, arbitrary day was a non-derby day. Mine's Sunday, football. Yeah. So it was like, football you know and wrestling. What? if I choose to reply to something on that day, cool. But like, I don't go to meetings. I don't go to practices. Yeah. I don't do certain things. It's like things. our cheat day, but it shouldn't be a cheat day. Yeah. But it was the, it was the me day. Because the, yeah. you know, the, the funny, not funny joke of roller derby is the gas that will fill every empty moment of your lives. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. And but that's it where it goes really does. bad really quickly. Here's my theory. Maybe I'll do a little thing on this later. Oh, um, But... So I was diagnosed with ADHD about two years ago. And finding that out and then finding out, like, it taught me a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. But it really made things click with me. And mm-hmm. I have a theory that there's a lot of people with undiagnosed ADHD as a comorbidity with other things going on because in roller derby. Because right. roller derby hits those, like, three, three sweet spots. It hits yeah. the physical activity. For sure. That you need that physical activity to get it out of your system, to maintain, to kind of regulate your energy levels. Yeah. It gives you the hobby, something you do for yourself. Yeah, in your, and it, in your free time. Mm-hmm. That's and for it, you. It gives you a community. Right. And those are the three camaraderie and the real community. sweet things. A hundred percent. That's why yeah. my doctor didn't want me to retire. Because mm-hmm. I thought that that's what I was getting was the big R stamp on the forehead, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like, you're officially retired. Yeah. 
And I was like, uh, and she's like, no, 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 you're misunderstanding me. I don't want you to retire. I want you to take a step back. Yes. And she's like, the fact that you sleep like an athlete, you eat like an athlete, you have the support system of your teammates, you have a family that, you know, really is there for you. Yeah. You get the endorphins from exercising. You treat your body well. Mm-hmm. It's like such a huge stress reliever. It gives yeah. you that, everything you said. And she was like, do not retire yeah. from roller derby. Do not take any hits for nine months while your mm-hmm. incisions heal. You know, I had three, two and a half weeks in the hospital. It was supposed yeah. to be three days. It turned into, whoops, you're almost dead. Well, saved you. Couldn't Ooh. work for three months. Was supposed to take three weeks off. It was a hard nine yeah. months not skating, man. I still have issues with my, like, core and my back and my yeah. abdomen, but fuck it, I skate through it. It is what it is. Like, I take the time off and I do the rehab. Mm-hmm. And so when I say I skate through it, I'm not saying I'm going to skate to the point of injury and not allow myself yes. to recover. There's certain things at practices that I physically can no longer do, mm-hmm. so I just do like a modified version. Yeah, you know, but that you have to know that about yourself, and you right. have to give yourself the space, big time. And then challenging part of that is the people in your community allowing you the space to do that, and that that's sometimes <clears throat> something that's hard to manage or oh, sometimes man. hard to educate people of of saying like. People coming into practice and like you have to get your skates on and do this warm up and da 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 and yelling at you and you're like, a don't yell at me and do those things. Yeah, I'm an adult. But also be like, I know my body and I know that I am showing up to this practice and I'm going to do the warm up or I'm going to do the thing that I need to if do. You need to stretch longer. Yeah. If, like okay, so for example, I have because of my car accident, my hip mm-hmm. got dislocated. My leg was across my lap, uh, so don't ever sit like this. People listening at home. My leg was across my lap, like, leaning against the dashboard. We got hit head on. All of a sudden, my foot was parallel to my face. So, picture that at home, guys. Like, draw a diagram. I used to be a T. Now I'm an I. And I can, I'll show you later. I can still pop my hip in and out with ease. So, like, that specific spread of your, of your uh, hips and your feet pointing in opposite directions. Some people call it an eagle. Some people call it a mohawk. Yeah. I can't do either no matter what you call it. Yeah. I just physically cannot. Structurally, yep. Because my hip does not move in that way. And at first, man, I can't tell you how many captains I had that were like, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. We don't even need you on this team. You refuse to do one maneuver? Mm-hmm. Really? GFY, gal, GFY. And it's like, if you know that that's your, that's your not setback, but that's what maybe differentiates you from yeah. that specific warm-up or that specific drill... Be open, be honest, talk to your coaches, talk to your captains, talk to your teammates. I burp more than I don't mm-hmm. because of my Crohn's. Better out the top than the bottom, I always yeah. say. It. And so when I have new teammates, I have to explain two things. I'm going to burp a lot, and I have a very strong, very loud voice. Mm-hmm. You are never in trouble. I am never mad at you. I am just very loud. It's loud, and it's a tone, but it's not about you. It cuts through steel. And I burp a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's nothing personal. It's just this is the body that I yeah. was given that I have to live in. This is my shell, and I'm going to live the hell out of it. Yeah. And so just be honest with yourself at practice. Like, try a different warm-up. Talk to your coaches about drills that maybe you can't do. Maybe you could do something different. Like, I don't ever stop skating because I can't do something they're doing. I skate laps around them so that I can work on something that I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I still can cont- I still continue to stretch and do leg swings and things like that. I just I can't do that specific yeah. body mechanics because my body, I mean, like, yeah. You know, I was rebuilt so many times. Yeah. And with me, like, I'm, I'm hyper-flexible because of my EDS, and I'm, yeah. I'm flexible everywhere except for, like, hips and, like, uh, occiput, like, uh, C1, 2, 3 area that 
is really fun for uh, chiropractors to adjust. <laughs> uh, everything else just moves on its own. But yeah, those stretches, people are like, you're so flexible. I'm like, yeah, everywhere but there. Oh, yeah. yeah I, can, I do the splits more than I don't. Like, that's yeah. my thing. Some people, like, have a flat Stanley. I do the splits in front of Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. or the Iron Man statue in Birmingham, England or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, but it's, it's know your body and educate yourself about your body and respect your body because it's you know, knock on wood, and until what? until the uh, until Skynet takes us all. Oh, like it's that the was in 1997, man. Oh, we missed it. Oh, in the Hamilton's arms. Oh, um, John Connor. <laughs> I saw Terminator 2 the day it came out. I waited eight hours in line, and I had a poster of Eddie Furlong on my uh, childhood bedroom mm. door oh, because it was T2. Mm. Um, but <laughs> that being said, that doesn't mean you can't try hard. Yes. Don't ever tell yourself just because you can't do something that you can't do something else. Like, just because I can't do that specific move, maneuver with my body, I figured out other ways to combat that, and I won't reveal that on this podcast. But there's, find a way to make what you have work for you. Mm -hmm. And don't just give up. Don't ever say you can't do something. Because the second you say I can't do something, then that becomes reality. Yeah. And if if you constantly are apologizing, well, I messed up, oh, I'm sorry... Stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop it right now. Tell yourself every day, you are fucking awesome. Yeah. Because you know what you're doing? You're playing roller derby. You're officiating roller derby. You're building a track for roller derby. Mm -hmm. You're snapping photos. You're playing music. You're You're on the mic. You're involved in something that people only wish that they could do. Yeah. But they don't have the cojones or the heart or the spirit or the determination to do it. So, like, don't say, oh, I have Crohn's or, oh, I weigh 200 pounds and the rest of my teammates are all like 105 and 135. Mm -hmm. Like, screw that, dude. I am damn proud. I went from 226 to 165 because of my illness in 10 days. Like, in 10 days. I fucking love that I weigh like between 185 and 195 again. Mm -hmm. And when I'm like, oh, I'm 39, people are like, oh, don't you mean 29? I'm like, absolutely not. No. I mean 39. This isn't a joke. This is real. Yeah, this is rad. (laughs) I can't wait to be 40, and I can't believe that I'm going to be playing roller derby until I'm 40. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Where's my Mm -hmm. noggin? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, don't ever tell yourself you can't do something just because you may not physically be able to right now. Because, like, if roller derby was easy, every single person would do it. Yeah. Because it's the coolest thing ever. Let's be honest. It's the best damn sport that ever was. I know I always say that. But it's true. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm a jock douchebag. Like, I love sports. Yeah. And roller derby just is the best in every way. It's exciting. It's powerful. It's fast-paced. It's intentionally slow. It's it's like mind... Strategy. It's like a mind fuck with its strategy, you know? Chip queso for life. <laughs> like, I mean, just because I can't do this specific maneuver... Yes. ...doesn't mean I can't do so many other things spectacularly. Mm-hmm. So just like... Yeah. You know, and even... I still work on these specific things that they require me at practice, and I fall on my face. Mm-hmm. And I don't care, because you know what? That's why we wear helmets and mouth guards, and I wear my face shield now. And Knee pads are for falling on. And I actually love, I love doing stuff that I hate, because I am so competitive. Like, when somebody tells me that I can't do something, you better believe I'm going to do it better than you ever could. You know yeah, what I mean? Watch yourself. And look, I might not ha- have the best footwork, but I have really good sense of timing. Mm-hmm. And I can, like, my peripheral vision is killer. It's the only thing on me that works properly is my vision for now. Uh, play to your strengths, but also my voice yourself. Yeah, yes. like, figure out what your voice is. Not everybody's got to be yammering on the track like Val Capone. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many practices that I say zero words because I want my teammates to be the loudmouth me. Yeah. And I actually had vocal cord surgery a couple of years ago. And my teammates didn't know what to do. 
Because you weren't there. Yeah, but I was ah. still like banging my wrist guards and still making sounds so people knew where to go. And they were like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, communication's my forte, bro. But you Not know, just verbal. Like, I mean, you have a connective tissue disorder, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard, man. Yeah. Like, and you it don't realize your entire body. what it affects until you're like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's everything. weird. Everything. Digestion. Oh, yeah, I guess there's connective yeah, tissue different. in your gut. I guess there's stuff here. I guess yeah. there's what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because I didn't know that it was affecting so many things until I knew about it. Well, and, like, as a crony, like, uh, which is what I call a person with Crohn's, um, I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck it was. Like one of my teammates, Reckon True, she came from Detroit and there was a girl who had Crohn's. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. She showed up at practice and she was wearing this black shirt that said, it takes guts to play derby with Crohn's in red writing. I was like, what's Crohn's? Like literally yeah. that's what I called it. And she goes, oh no, it's Crohn's disease. One of my teammates has it. Her stomach is no good. And she was like raising funds for a t-shirt. I was like, yeah. well, I don't need another derby t-shirt, but here's some money for whatever. We were all just talking about it. I had no idea I would get diagnosed with it and it would change my life forever. It's like there's so many different things, with, especially with invisible illnesses, mm-hmm. that you don't even realize like it affects yeah. walking upstairs, the cold, the heat, the food, the sleep, yeah, everything. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like exercise, happiness, mm-hmm. and like this is really stupid, but like love, yeah, <laughs> like that's what community. keeps me healthy. Yeah, you know? what, what gives back, what do you give back to and what gives back to you? Yeah. And follow that. And, like, you're all here because you want to be, not because you have to be. Why not make mm-hmm. it the best you can be while you're here? So put that on a T-shirt. Wah, wah, wah. So thank you again, my darling friend. Yeah, for Val. sure. Uh, thank you for being my friend and one of my favorite roommates in roller derby history. Yay. Also, mad love to the prosecutee, my OG tournament roommate, prosecutor, yeah. the best damn jam timer in the oh history of our sport. God, yes. Oh, prosecutor. Tweet, tweet, tweet. With style. Always. So much style. Yeah. Oh. Amy Din. I mm. love you, girl. Love it. All right. So have a lovely day. Uh, and from SS Roller Derby Podcast. Hate. Uh, no. Skate. <laughs> skate. Don't roller skate. Don't hate. Roller skate. Don't hate. Just roller skate. Bye. Less is journey than hate. Please stop believing journey was never good. <laughs> Bye. That was Kirsten Dunst by my own band, Damsel Trash. Uh, No particular reason for including that. I was just feeling a little bit saucy and thought you might enjoy it and wanted to throw some more music into the episode. And the good news is we have yet more music to share with you in this episode. Uh, We were sought out by someone from Sweden by the name of Twin Freaks. And I take it she skates with a league called... Oh, this is this is a tricky one. I had to look it up, and I'm probably still not going to do it justice. But Norshopen, uh, Norshoping, roller derby. Bear with me. <laughs> I love looking these up when we get we get submissions from other places. So it's a good challenge for my uh, very American tongue. Uh, so Twin Freaks, thanks so much for sending in your band, Allison Blair. You can find them on Spotify and iTunes and all sorts of places. It is good fun punk rock. Super approve, short, sweet, 
aggressive songs. Uh, this is from um, their record you can find on Spotify. The song is called Nasty Date. And I don't know, that just felt that felt like something we could all appreciate. So here is Allison Blair with Nasty Date. So that's it for the interstitial episode, I guess 4.5 we'll call this one. Thanks for joining us. Like I said, we will be back in short order with a full episode with nicer recording equipment and everything. Some great content we have that we are working on. And um, probably some recaps about all this wonderful WFTDA tournament action that's happening right now, including from our very own Mad Roland Dolls, who are off to Kalamazoo this weekend to compete. Um, you can always hit us up if you've got questions, comments, input, ideas, criticisms. If you want to send us money, we do that too. That's great. Uh, but our email is ssderbypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ssrollerderby. Um, we post all kinds of fun stuff in the meantime as well. And if you have music that you would like us to share on the show, send we do have... Away. Yeah, send it to us. We want to share your... You know, anybody who's affiliated with Roller Derby, we want to share your music on the show if we can, because... That's rad. We do have some uh, songs coming up, um, and we did include one in this in this episode as well. So thanks for uh, submitting something to us. Um, and I think that's about it for specifically for this. We want to uh, we want to thank the couple of people who actually became monthly supporters of us. You can do that at our home website for this. It's the Podbean website where you can sign up to be uh, a supporter. And even like you know a dollar a month as sort of a tip is a huge help for us. We're trying to save up to buy our own microphones. Yeah. So we don't actually have to get to the recording studio to make this because that would make it a lot easier to do whenever we have time. Um, so any little bit helps. Uh, it's just going to go to equipment so we can make this better. And, you know, if we get that microphone, then it'll go toward covering gas to get places for this, probably. Yeah. Doing interviews and other things with all y'all out there. Promise not to, you know, use it all on, like, um, moon pies and penny whistles, so... No, there's going to be some oatmeal cream pies in there, too. Right. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, uh, stick around. Thank you so much for listening. We will have more coming for you soon. 
follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, online, and... And remember... What? Oh, yeah, very important. Don't hate. Roller skate. The opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the people speaking them and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of Matt Rolling Dolls or the Women's Black Track Derby Association. 